Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Some of you are maybe here for the first time. Uh, some of you have been coming for a little while. Um, so kind of start off by letting you know what's going on. My name's Matt. I'm the youth pastor. Um, I think we have some, pr- other than me, I'm not a real awesome youth leader, but we have some awesome youth leaders. Um, if you're a youth leader, wave your hand. Everybody look at our youth leaders. They're pretty, they're beautiful, wonderful people. If you have any questions, uh, make sure to talk to them. Um, but our, our, our student ministry is called Refuel, and there's a reason that we're called Refuel. And we've been going through the past few weeks the reasons that we have the name that we do. And everybody turn around and look back at the signs that we have back there. I, I put them in the back so that you see them when you leave. There are four kind of directions, four things that we think we need to refuel with every week, every Wednesday. And the first is upward. We need to connect with Jesus. So the first week, we talked about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Keep looking back there. I see you turn around. Keep looking. The next one is inward, meaning that we need to connect as the family of God. We need to connect um, not just with Jesus, but with the people of God. And then the final one, our final direction is outward. We need to reach out to people who don't know about Jesus. We need to reach out to people who don't have a relationship with Jesus. Now you can turn around. Uh, So tonight, (laughs) man, you guys, you, there's no way you guys are this like compliant with your parents and with your teachers. There's just no way. Um, so, um, but, but tonight we're going to talk about what it means to, to, to reach out to others. We're going to talk about the assignment that Jesus left us. And, you know, I, I, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a, April and I spend a ridiculous amount of time scrolling through TikToks. And there's that one that was going around, you know, I understood the assignment. And there were all those TikToks made to that. Well, I, I have some people who didn't understand the assignment. I want to start out, start out with showing you. And some of these, you might have to kind of look, you know, kind of, kind of look hard and figure out. You know, this one, the lady. You're, I don't know if it's a, there's a ring. That could be a guy or a girl. The person was trying to send a package. It's a surprise party for my mother. We live together, so please don't. Please, can this box look, not look obvious as party supplies? They put it on the shipping label. <laughs> Didn't understand the assignment. Um, this is an interesting one. It's an oven temperature gauge. What's nice is that it's in Celsius. But it's either high Celsius or low Celsius. We don't know what the, the, the actual degrees are. Didn't understand the assignment. Um, these people, I think they really, well, they were either really trying to be encouraging or they were trying to be really discouraging, but we're not sure. They didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? Um, Somebody probably had really good, you know, really good motives. They wanted to recycle, so they got the little recycle trash can, but they forgot that you have to have two separate cans there, one for the recycling and one for the landfill. This one really cracked me up, too. You know, they're trying to organize this. These have these nice little, you know, QR codes you can scan. They wrote the numbers here, and then they just kind of like, like hand, tried to handwrite their own little QR codes. Didn't understand the assignment. And this is probably my favorite one. They tried to redecorate a children's wing of the hospital and they wanted to use colors, put colors on the hallway. And this is what they ended up with. (laughs) This is terrible. They didn't. (laughs) It looks like something from like, you know, like Stranger Things or something. They didn't understand the assignment. So there are times we don't understand the assignment. But the question is, what is is God's assignment to us? 
We're doing this refuel series. We talked about connecting, refueling by connecting with the mission of God or with the, uh, with connecting with Jesus. We talked about refueling by connecting with the people of Jesus. Tonight, we're talking about refueling by connecting with the mission of Jesus, the assignment that Jesus gave us. But a lot of people don't really understand, and there was a time in my life, I really didn't understand what Jesus's assignment was for us. I kind of put some pictures together of what I think some people think God's assignment for us is. Um, Some people think Jesus' mission for us, his plan for us is just to be happy. It's just always to be happy, to have a smile on our face, to feel fulfilled, to have just incredible like, like jobs, relationships, money, all that stuff. God just wants us to be happy. Some people think God just wants us to be wealthy. Um, I follow, I don't, I don't know if I should recommend it or not, I follow an account on Instagram called Preachers and Sneakers, and they show all these like celebrity pastors who have these ridiculously, ridiculously expensive shoes, and it's like, yeah, send me some money so I can buy some more shoes. Like, some people think Jesus' assignment to us is just to make like, you know, make a lot of money. Um, some people think that yeah, Jesus just wants us to be peaceful and balanced. Um, can any, I'm not asking for volunteers. Can anybody actually do this? Like, 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 like <laughs> I feel like all I do is just smell my, all I do is smell my own gas if I did that. Um, so some people think that Jesus's assignment for us is to be successful. You know, always winning, always doing great academically, always making the team and getting the spot on the team that we want, we, we want to make, that Jesus is just kind of like our, our good luck charm to make us successful, and that his, that, that his mission for us in life is just to be like successful in whatever we do. And then some people think that Jesus' mission is just for us to do good things, like, like to help people. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? But I'm going I'm to kind of argue tonight, I don't want to say argue, I, I want to kind of show you tonight that... That can be part of God's mission for us, but there's something more specific that God wants every Christian to do. And if you don't connect with this assignment, if you don't understand, if you don't understand the assignment or however it goes, like if you don't understand the assignment that God has for you, you will not have this wonderful relationship with God because that's, it's, it's part of relating to God is doing what he has for you to do with your life. So what is Jesus's assignment for us? What is the mission of Jesus? It's actually pretty simple. The mission of Jesus is to live scent. Now that's not S-C-E-N-T. I mean, this is the season of scents, right? Pumpkin spice. Like I want pumpkin spice everything. Like I want my like Han Solo boots with my skinny little jeans and I want to be sipping a pumpkin spice latte talking to my girlfriends, right? Like it's the time of year for S-C-N-T, but we're talking about S-E-N-T. God wants us to live as sent people. If you have your Bible, open up to uh, the book of John, the gospel of John. It's in the New Testament. About two-thirds of the way through your Bible, the Gospel of John, chapter 20. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, we kind of jump into a really incredible situation. John was an eyewitness to Jesus. He was someone who for three years spent almost every day with Jesus. He saw Jesus do some incredible things. He saw Jesus heal people. He saw Jesus raise people from the dead. He heard Jesus teach, and he heard Jesus preach. And then he saw the person he loved, the person he spent three years with, the, pre- the person who totally changed his life. He saw that person nailed to a cross, take his last breath, and be put in a grave. And in John chapter 20, we jump into an incredible situation. Jesus has been dead for three days. 
The disciples, the people, the 12 men, or actually 11 at this point, the 11 guys that Jesus spent three years with, learning from him, watching him, they're all in this room. They're all kind of just like huddled up. They don't know what to do next. Their leader died, and Jesus appears to them. Read about it. This is talking about Easter Sunday evening in John chapter 20, verse 19. It says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, it was a Sunday, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus like literally walked through a wall. That's pretty incredible, right? Say, wow. Wow. Say it backwards. Wow. Say it upside down. Oh, you, got, you guys are used to me saying that now, aren't you? So Jesus walks through these walls and stands among them, and he says, peace be with you. I think I'd be, it'd be maybe a little bit hard to be at peace when you see a dead man walking through a wall. But he says, peace be with you. Verse 20, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Remember, Jesus was crucified, nails in his hands, spear through his side. Jesus is proving that it's actually him. It's not like a fake. You know, it's, it's not a stunt double. This is Jesus. He showed him his hands and his side. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, you think? Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Think about what's happening here. Jesus appears before these disciples and when somebody shows up that you don't expect them to be there, what they say is usually next is usually pretty important, right? Jesus shows up and probably from what we can read later in this passage, the, 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 the nail holes in his hands and the spear through his side were not even probably scabbed over yet. Like, think about it. Now, I'm not trying to be gross, okay? I'm not trying to be medical on you. But think about it. This is, this is so raw and this is so real. And the disciples are probably like, okay, <laughs> Jesus literally came back from the dead. What's next? And Jesus doesn't waste any time. These are important words that Jesus says to his disciples. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. This is what Jesus said here has been recorded in three of the other gospels, three of the other eyewitnesses to Jesus and also in the book of Acts written by Luke who was an eyewitness to Jesus. These were Jesus' final words before he went back to heaven after he rose from the dead to these disciples. And what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say to these disciples? The first, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. S-E-N-T, not S-C-E-N-T. Jesus is telling them that just like God the, God the Father sent God the Son, sent Jesus to earth on a mission, Jesus is sending his disciples on a mission. I am sending you. This word for um, sending is the word... Apostolo, that's where we get the word apostles, the apostles who, who, who told everybody about Jesus and what he did. It means to be sent on a mission. Jesus is sending these disciples on a mission, but he, just, he, he explains to them and he tells them how they're supposed to go about this mission. He says, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. I don't want to get too grammatical on you. I know you're three weeks into school. You're tired. You're tired of seeing the hallways of your school. You're tired of seeing your teachers. You're tired of the lunch line, I've been told, is just absolutely horrendous and horrific. I just want to get grammatical real quick on here. The word as is something called a simile. Anybody ever heard of that? It's a comparison. 
it means that Jesus is comparing two things. And he's saying, just like God sent me to this earth, I'm sending you back to this earth to remain on this earth to do something for me. So we're going to talk about what it means to share the gospel, to share the good news about Jesus with those around you, to connect with the mission of God. But we're going to look at it as the Father sent the Son. How did God the Father send Jesus to earth? Because the same way God the Father sent Jesus to earth is the way that we're supposed to go into the world and make disciples, tell people about Jesus. So I want to show you four ways that God the Father sent Jesus, God the Son, into the earth. They're all P words. I tried to make them F words as hard as I could. I couldn't make it happen. They're P words. The first thing that we learn is that God the Father sent Jesus in person. I hate to even talk about it. I get like P, uh, literal PT, almost literal PTSD thinking about the year 2020 and thinking about how virtual everything was the most horrific experience I feel like. It was terrible. It was a big flop. Everybody's like, oh, we're going to do a virtual this and a virtual that. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. Like, like, I won't be doing any of that. Thank you. Like, I got so tired of looking at screens. I got so tired of talking to people through screens. It was terrible. When God sent God the Father sent Jesus. He sent Jesus as a person. Can I show you something? Here in the passage that we were reading, what, is, what does Jesus do? It says, when Jesus came, he, he stood among them and he showed them his hands and his side. You know what Jesus was? Jesus was a person. Jesus was a person. He was a person in the sense that he had a human body, just like me and you. You, know, you think about all the ways that God could have sent Jesus into the world. God could, have sent, God could have sent Jesus as like a hologram, like in Star Wars, to, 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 to preach his, his, the, the message of the kingdom. Yeah, God could have written it on the sky, right? But God sent Jesus as a person. John, who we're reading here, he's the eyewitness to Jesus. He also, he, cut, he said it like this. The word, meaning God became a human, and he made his home among us. The word became flesh. That's God in a bod. That's who Jesus was. God in human form. You'll remember that, right? God in a bod. It rhymes. Why is it so important that Jesus came to us as a person? It's because he can relate to us. It's interesting that everything that Jesus did when he was a minister to us, he did as a person. He was born as a human, just like you were. He cried, you know, just like you did. Jesus grew up as a teenager. He experienced puberty just like you did. Jesus was a teenager. Jesus was college age, just like you were. Jesus experienced life like you did. Jesus died as a human. The Bible actually speaks pretty graphically about how, how people put a spear through Jesus' side and all of the blood in his vital organs came out and all the clear pericardial fluid in his body came out. It got real medical. Jesus died as a human, and when Jesus came back, he was a human. He had, he had scars, and he, he came back as a human. Why is that so important? Because Jesus is someone that we can relate to. And you know what's so, so wild to think about? Why would God send us to tell people about Jesus, tell people how to be saved? It's because people can relate to us. People can relate to our story. You know what happens when when, when, when you bring a friend and they hear me tell the story of Jesus, they're like, oh, sounds okay, that's great. 
but it's all together different when you tell it. And it comes from a teenager because they can relate to you. God sent Jesus as a person. God sent Jesus as a person. The next thing we see is that God sent Jesus in power. I went ahead and put a picture of me up here. Um, um, you know, I took out this morning at the gym. Uh, yeah, God, God sent Jesus, God sent Jesus in power. Go back, to, go back to John, go back to the passage that we were looking at. Let me change my colors here. Let's, let's, let's do, a, let's do a, a, an orange for refuel. What does Jesus say? He says, peace be with you as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. When he said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we read all four eyewitness accounts of Jesus tell about this moment in Jesus' life before he started doing what we call his earthly ministry when Jesus was baptized. And it says the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus like a dove and rested on him and stayed with him. Think about all the incredible things that Jesus did. Blind men healed. People who couldn't walk healed. People who were dead back to life. Jesus did incredible things and it was the Spirit of God working through Jesus and him being God in the flesh that did those things. Jesus had this incredible power, but this, this is incredible. You gotta read this verse. If you don't get anything else, you need to see this verse because a lot of us are afraid to share the gospel because we don't think we have it in us. We don't think we have the power in us. But think about this. Romans eight eleven tells us that the Spirit of God this is for Christians, if you're a believer in Jesus. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Look to the person next to you and say, I got the power. I got the power. Now, now say it like the song does. Say, I got the power. I got the power. Oh, yeah, y'all are, are pretty good at that. That, that. It's not your power, but it's God's power in you that enables you, that gives you the power to share the gospel with people. It's incredible. It's incredible. God sends you in power. But here's the flip side of that. God sent Jesus as a person, in person, not virtual. God sent Jesus in power, but God also sent Jesus in poverty. You know what's so incredible is that when you think about God walking on earth, you would think of somebody who everybody was like, wow, that must be God because he's so majestic and he's so, like, like he's got the best clothes on and he's got brands on brands on brands on brands. Like he must be, like, you know that Jesus was born pretty much into poverty? He was, he was from this little town called Nazareth, which if you looked at a map, like it was, it was, it was on the outskirts, like, like to, to make it to where Hunter could understand it, like, like Jesus was from Mount Wayne. He was an OW. Like, like for some of you, that you, you live kind of on the outskirts of town. Jesus was from Salt Rock. You know, you, you, um, you, Jesus was not from a, like, like a happening area. And Jesus' earthly father, who was really his stepfather, was a carpenter who made enough money to take care of his family, but maybe not enough money to, to be able to get like extravagant things. Like Jesus didn't get a, get, get a car when he turned 16. Also because they didn't have cars back then. But like, like Jesus was born into poverty. You know, Jesus lived for, several, for, for maybe about two years as a refugee. His parents fled with him to Egypt. When Jesus was ministering and Jesus went down to Jerusalem, you know what people said about Jesus? When they said, hey, you gotta listen to, the, you gotta listen to this guy. You gotta hear this guy. They said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That'd be like saying, can anything good come out of West Virginia? 
I wouldn't say that. I'm one of y'all. But you know how sometimes people look down on us because we're from West Virginia? It was the same with Jesus from Nazareth. God didn't send Jesus with a pocket full of money. God didn't send Jesus with, 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 with a bunch of resources to get the job done. You know what God sent Jesus with? A human body. And you know what Jesus used to get the job done on earth? He used 12 disciples who were a big, hot, flaming mess. God sent Jesus in poverty. Philippians chapter 2 says it like this. Though he, meaning Jesus, was God, he didn't think equality with God was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, took a humble position of a slave, and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. The ultimate poverty that Jesus experienced, poorness that Jesus experienced was when he hung on a cross and he died the death that was, he died in a matter of execution that they only saved for the worst and the worst of criminals. Why does that matter to us? Because if Jesus came in poverty, if God sent his son in poverty, that means for some of us, if we don't have all the resources other people have, we think other people have, that doesn't mean we can't reach people for Christ. You know, what, what, how, do teen, how are teenagers poor? Well, the first thing is none of y'all really have money. Some of your parents have money, but you don't have money. You know, when you, I mean, you, <laughs> you want to go to the movies? You know, you want to go to the mall? You know, you want to go do the, you're like, hey mom, I need, f-, well, not five bucks anymore. Hey mom, I need 20 bucks. Hey mom, can you give me some money? I want to go hang out with my friends. Some of you are working jobs and, you know, you, you, you feel like you're making a little bit of money and then you see, oh, Joe Biden took this much and he took this much and he took this much of it on paycheck. Like, like oh, yeah, yeah. Teenagers really don't have a lot of money. Teenagers are often, I hate it, but are often looked down on sometimes by adults. Have you ever experienced that? Like, like you're walking through town and like they, they, don't, want you in, they, they don't want you in the mall. Like, like they don't want big groups of teenagers in the mall. They think you're bad news, like, right? Like, like I went to the mall in Columbus and they're like, there may, may be no unsupervised teenagers in this mall. Like, like people look down on teenagers. You, you experience being poor sometimes socially. Like it, it, when, I, when I was, I hate to sound like an old, old like boomer, but when I was in school, like I knew I wasn't like real popular in school, but I'd go home and I'd forget about it. Now you go home and there's literally a popular popularity school uh, score, score on your phone, right? Like you're posting Bible verses and getting 10 likes and she's posting pictures from the beach and she's getting like 400 likes, right? And, and, and it, it's very obvious who's popular, who's not, where you stand socially. You experience this poverty, right? You experience this poorness of, I don't have the resources, I don't have the popularity. I can't do anything for God. Yes, you can. Because you're following someone, you're being sent by someone who when he died on the cross and saved humanity, he only had one of his followers watching him anymore. It was John who wrote this, who wrote this book. The final P word, God sent Jesus on purpose. I got a football game plan here. How many of y'all excited about NFL starting? Who here is a Christian and will be rooting for the Cowboys? Who here needs to get saved and is rooting for the Steelers? You Steelers fans need help. You need to come to the altar right now and confess your sins and repent, put on a cowboy's hat and live in righteousness. Okay, anyway, God sent, God sent Jesus on purpose. Can I real quick, real quick, I just want to get a little bit technical with you on something. I want to show you something because it's really cool. Jesus said this to his disciples after he sent them out. He said, if you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven by them. 
they're forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness, it's withheld. If you forgive, if you withhold forgiveness, this is the same word here. And I, I know, you're tired of school. You're three weeks into it. I just want to share one. I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Helps us understand what he's talking about here. This word, this verb for forgive, it's written in the passive voice, right? There are two ways to say something. You could say, You could say, Matt, through the music stand. So I got some of y'all's attention, right? Or you could say, the music stand was thrown by Matt, right? Same, you, same thing, two different ways to explain it. The passive way would say, the music stand was thrown by Matt. The music stand is the subject, but it didn't throw itself, I threw it. What this is saying here, it's not the disciples, the people that Jesus sent out who had the power to forgive sin. What, what they're saying is that you can be a channel of the message of forgiveness to everybody in the world. What we also see is that it's not just, it's not just passive in the original language, it's written in the present, meaning that it's not just something that is going to happen once. It's not like, hey, you know, I see that you're a Steelers fan. I'm going to forgive your sins in that specific area. No, it's talking about an all-encompassing kind of forgiveness, a total forgiveness that says you're a sinner in every way possible and any sin you ever commit can be forgiven by Jesus when you trust him. So what this is, this is, let me get a real bright one here. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus, that if anybody trusts in him, their sins can be forgiven and they have eternal life with Jesus forever. That's what God is saying. He sent Jesus on purpose. What was Jesus' mission? To die in our place, to die for our sins. What is the mission that Jesus sent us on? It's to tell people about what Jesus did so that they can have forgiveness of sins. Here's something I want to show you because this is sobering. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it's withheld. What does that mean? It means that there's nobody in this world that's gonna go to heaven unless somebody shares the gospel with them. That gets serious real quick, doesn't it? That means the responsibility, the assignment that God gave us is more important than any other assignment we could fulfill. There's a quote I read and I wanna put it on here. It's been attributed to several people so I didn't put a name on it. But this is a sobering quote. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Everybody has an expiration date. I hate to say it, but I've been a youth pastor for 11 years, and we've had several people come into our student ministry that didn't see their 20th birthday. Everybody has an expiration date. And the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. And God has given us that message of the gospel. The question is, are we gonna be obedient? And are we gonna give people the only message that can save them? We gotta connect with the mission of God. So how do we do that? Well, here's the good news. We're gonna talk about some specific ways that you can reach people for Jesus, that you can see people saved. You can give people the news, the gospel that can save them. And it all involves food. How many of y'all hungry? 
I'm about to make some of y'all real hungry. Okay, so the first thing that we need, the first way to apply this, the first way to start sharing your faith is you gotta have the right cookbook. I took a picture. This is my mom's Betty Crocker cookbook. My mom makes good food. Any of y'all got moms that can just, I mean, oh my goodness. There's There's a reason I look like this, okay? My mom was a great cook. April's an awesome cook. We have beans and cornbread and oatmeal cookies last night. Mm. Um, but you have to have the right ingredients, right? Have you, anybody ever made something you put the wrong ingredient in? You, you, did it, you did it wrong. You done messed up. You did not understand the assignment, right? People are yelling Kurt's name. What'd you do, Kurt? Um, anyway, um, <laughs> you got to have the right ingredients. The gospel isn't God can give you a better life. The gospel isn't go to church. What is the gospel? We, we share the gospel here in a way that we hope is easy for you to understand. And I do this sometimes. I'm going to invite you to take a picture of this next slide that's up here. Because you need to know how to share the gospel. You need to know what the right ingredients are. And we found that this is one of the easiest ways to explain the gospel to people. Some of you have seen this before. It's an acrostic, which means every letter stands for something different in the gospel. G-O-S-P-E-L. God created us to be with him. G-O, our sins separate us from God. That's the truth. S, sins can't be repaid by good deeds. Helping Grandma Fanny across the road ain't gonna solve your sin problem. Sins cannot be repaid by good deeds. E, everyone who trusts, or excuse me, P, paying the price for sin in our place, Jesus died and rose again. E, everyone who trusts in Jesus alone can be saved. And finally, the L is life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And before we move on, maybe you've never understood this before. Maybe there's never been a time where you put your faith in Jesus. You don't know if you're saved. This is how you can be saved. But guys, we have to start with the right ingredients. Now I'm gonna make you hungry. Once you have the cookbook, you gotta start thinking cinnamon rolls. Okay, so... I'm gonna ask a question here. When you think about cinnamon rolls, okay, I'll eat the whole cinnamon roll, but there's one part of the cinnamon roll that I believe is better than the rest. Anybody wanna guess what it is? It's the middle, right? I'm gonna give it, trigger warning, I'm about to use the M word. The middle is moist. How many of y'all don't like that word? Some people just don't like that word. <laughs> the middle is so moist and it's so, oh, it's just so good. You know what I've learned to be true about our lives? We're wanting to go on a mission trip, reach people across the, across the world. We're wanting to go downtown, reach kids at Backpack VBS. Some of you are surrounded by people who you have a relationship with and you can reach them better than anybody else can. That's the moist middle of your life. Look to the person next to you and say, you got a moist middle in your life. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. So how many of y'all like cinnamon rolls? Nice. All right. So here's what I want you to think about. Cinnamon rolls are great. The middle is the best part. Who's in the moist middle of your life? Here's a better way to think about it. Who in your life is close to you but far from God? Who in your life is close to you but far from God? It, you, may be, you may live in a house where your mom's been on the hot mess express for like two years now. 
You may be in a house where your, your brother or your sister has is, is gone off the deep end. You may be surrounded by people at school who are like the heathens among heathens. And you want to get away from them, but God says, I put you here because they're in your moist middle of your life. And I've put you in their life. I put them in your life so that you can reach them with the gospel. So I want you to think about a name right now. Don't say, you don't have to say it. I want, I want you to bring that name to your mind right now. Who do you know that's close to you, but far from God? That's the moist middle. Now we're going to talk about spaghetti. Oh, who here loves spaghetti? I love me some spaghetti. April made it on, on Monday and it was cooking all day. I could smell it through the whole house. It smells so good. Here's why I say, here's why I say, how many of y'all say it's sketty? Any sketty, sketty sayers? Okay. Here's what, here's why I put spaghetti. It's because a week from tomorrow, we're going to be hosting the Huntington Eye football team for a spaghetti dinner. And we're going to have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. That is one of many things that we as a local church are doing to reach teenagers with the gospel. It's intimidating to just go right up to somebody and share the gospel with them. You should do that, but it's intimidating and it's a difficult way to start. One of the best ways to start reaching people with the gospel is to invest in their lives and to invite them to something that, the, that our local church is already doing to reach people. And the spaghetti dinner is the next one on the list. Who likes spaghetti? I'm going to sling some spaghetti at you. I mean, not really. Watch out. Emily's with child. It's SpaghettiOs. This is the closest thing I could get to spaghetti. I don't want to be slinging live spaghetti at you. I want you to look at this. You can take a picture of this if you want. These are things that we are doing. These are things that we're doing in the next couple months that you can invest in people and invite them to, to share the gospel with them. This Sunday at church, it's Baptism Sunday. Some of you have never been baptized. The first sermon you'll ever preach, the first gospel message you'll ever preach is when you get in the water and you're baptized and you identify with Jesus. Some of you need to talk to me, talk to Hunter, uh, talk to one of the leaders and sign up for Baptism Sunday. Got the Huntington Eye football team outreach. We're doing a tailgate at the Huntington Midland game. I don't know what color I'm going to wear. I'm just going to wear maybe a neutral shirt. I don't know because I don't want to get beat up by anybody. Um, we're going to be doing, we're going to have our not so traditional Thanksgiving dinner. We're doing backpack VBS next year. We're doing a mission trip. These are things that you can get involved in just by signing up. You ready to talk about some more food? Yes. Before I, before I talk about Snickers, I want to show this video. How many of y'all like these Snickers ads? Have you ever seen them? Mike, what is your deal, man? Oh, come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Baby. Oh, 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 oh. Eat a Snickers. Better? You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers. So the whole point behind all these Snickers ads is that eating a Snickers changes somebody. I better just go ahead and hand it out now. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to sling a Snickers at you. Okay, so those are all the Snickers I have. Sorry, guys. Um, 
The whole point of the Snickers bars is that the, the ad says that it changes you into the person that you're supposed to be. There are people, there are people, hey guys, if you have calls, take them out there. There are people that if you, that, that if you were to run into them, they are not the people that God designed them to be. They need the life-changing, saving power of Jesus in their life. They may, may not be in the moist middle of your life. They may be people that work at Speedway. You know, they may be people that you see in the hall every once in a while, but you got stuck in the lunch line with. But they're people who need the gospel. They're people who need the gospel. The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. God's given us a mission. He's given us assignment. Do we understand it? Yes, sir. I'm glad you do. Let's pray and we'll get out of here. God, thank you so much for, you, for having a plan to use us. Um, honestly, Lord, we, we, we recognize, we admit that, that we don't deserve to be used by you. We don't even deserve to be saved by you. It's all grace. It's all the favor that you've shown on us, that you'd send God, the love that you displayed by sending Jesus to die for us. And, 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 and Lord, now you've sent us to give people the good news and tell people the good news. And God, we are so sobered and we are so, it, it makes us so urgent to know that without us sharing the message of Jesus, there are people that will spend eternity separated from God. Um, God, I pray tonight that if there's somebody here that doesn't know if they're saved, they, they, they don't know if they've trusted and believed in this good news, God, that they'll do that tonight, that they'll put their faith in you. It's not a magic prayer. It's not a, it's not a certain combination of words. It's trusting in you, and I pray that they'll do that tonight. God, I pray if there are teenagers here that, uh, that have been saved, but they've never been baptized. They've never been baptized after they've been saved. God, that they'll, they'll take that step, and they'll talk to somebody tonight about, about getting on the schedule to be baptized. Um, God, I pray for all of us. God, we, I ask that we all think about somebody we know in our life who is close to us, but far from God. And I pray that you'll keep that name on the forefront of our minds and in the middle, in the, in the forefront of our hearts, God, as we go about the rest of our week. God, thank you that you've given us this mission. And Lord, I pray that we will be responsible with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.